Oh, well, um, I'm excited because I, I know some of you from when I was in here last year and continue to know some of you through Freedom Prayer. And yes, my family's at Ethos, but Otter Creek is like my home away from home. So I tell my kids and everyone I meet, you can double dip and triple dip in the kingdom of God. And I have a foot here and a foot there. And so I love this place and love the people. Um, just hearing a little bit from Mike and Jeannie and from Andy, I know bits and pieces of what's been taught and what's been given in the class um, this, this go-round. And so today I'm going to try to build off those pieces and really do some practice. And that's a little different. I know when we come to church on Sunday morning, we get all cleaned up. My nine-year-old every Saturday night is my boy, my youngest boy. He's like, do I have to wash my hair for church? I'm like, yes, you have to wash your hair for church. And so we get all cleaned up and we come do the hour or the two hours here. But I know from my own experience and from talking to lots of people, sometimes in that hour or two, it's, it's hard to encounter God. You encounter people, you encounter songs, you encounter teaching, but are we really hearing from God? And even that stirs up some, some anxiety because we know here that we're supposed to. And even on some days we even question, okay, I know we're supposed to, but does that really still happen? Did it just look that way? In, the Psalms, did it look that way in the Old Testament, the New Testament? And even the most devout Christians go, yeah, I believe that's a possibility, but I, I just don't know how to do that or if I can do that or how to get from A to B. And, and I'll meet you there because I've done a lot of reading on this process of abiding or hearing God. And people lay it out so theologically beautiful, but there's no help getting from A to B. And so I've sat with it because Honestly, in prayer times, I sit with it for a couple hours with people. How do you get them connected to God? And in my own life, why am I having trouble today getting connected to God? So I want to take a moment and just build a little bit of faith back up, if it's, if it's wavering, that we were created to do this here, definitely on the other side, but definitely here, and that it's truth, and then walk slowly through a psalm just to see what happens when we pick it apart, biblically the way I think that we're supposed to encounter God. So we're talking about expectancy. We can't make God do anything, but we can posture hearts with this belief that he's gonna meet us. And here's the kicker, even if it doesn't look like what we think it's supposed to look like. Um, I hesitate with people, especially in classes or training, to say, when you meet God, it's going to look like this. Because then if it doesn't look that way for you, you think, well, I failed. Or I can't see him, or I can't sense him, or I can't hear him. And I would say if you just scan the Bible, the ways that people hear God, encounter God, they're pretty broad. I mean, sometimes through a donkey. So that tells me that <laughs> God can do whatever he wants to speak to us and get our attention. And we don't have to be boxed in. I mean, I've heard this a thousand times in a thousand different states in the country. Well, I, I try to picture God and I can't get on his lap. I'm like, don't do that. Don't do that. He may want to encounter you completely different. He may want to speak to you in a, in a way that surprises you. So we're building expectancy. And we also kind of have to prime the pump a little bit because I know even on my best day, and I'm just, I hope this is a grace to you guys to hear this. If I sit down and go, okay, God, where are you? And I draw near, sometimes it's a little difficult because there are so many 
competing things coming against us. And so there are practical things that I do, and so I'm going to try to share those quickly before we tackle this psalm, and practical <coughs> things that people smarter than me do, and we all kind of land in the same space. So if any of this helps you, take it, take it as your own, um, and then you can fix it for what works for you. So simply, this little arc right here, I can pray with church people and they go, I can't, I can't meet with God, I can't hear him, so I'll start up here and I'll say, okay, but do you believe he's who he says he is? And most people go, yeah, I can agree with the scripture that says God's powerful, that God's loving, that God sees me. I can agree with it cognitively, the A, agree. And so what I'll do is I'll say, okay, let's start there in prayer just agree, God, I believe this about you, even though I haven't experienced it for myself. Because what you're doing is you're just going down the layers of softening your heart. I agree this is who you are. I know it. I've known it since Sunday school in the second grade, but I haven't gotten there yet. But I'm going to agree and I'm going to thank you that it's true, even though it's not my truth yet. Most people, 98% of people, I would say, can start there. And so I would take whatever, and I use scripture. I, I can, at this point, get to the Lord pretty fast in my car in the middle of the grocery store without scripture, and I have a lot of it downloaded in my heart. But start with scripture, that's why it's there. It's living, it's active, yes. Uh, kind of share, the pro not so much the details, but how long did it take you to get to that place where it, be where it became easier? Um, I mean, I think it's supposed to be this sanctifying life work. Like, I'm, I'm more there today than I was yesterday. I remember a season, though, where I was incredibly frustrated. And, and I, I don't remember how long that was. I know it was the desperation that got me seeking. And I would say the, the quickest way out of the frustration was to start with Scripture. Right. Um, and I think a lot of people try to go, okay, Father God, where are you? And sometimes that works great. Sometimes that's, that's exactly what you need to be doing. But if you're stuck, you can't lose with, with Scripture. So take the Scripture and agree with it, even though it's not your truth yet, you believe it's true, you're thankful for it. And then the R in the ark, the revelation, that's when you start asking the Lord questions. It's what you would see in a freedom prayer time. It's freedom prayer language. But really it's just asking for revelation because you can search all over the Bible and know that out of the mouth of the Lord comes wisdom and revelation and truth and knowledge. A billion scriptures, you can go look it up. We don't have the revelation in and of ourselves, it's, it's a gift. So you can go, I know this is true. I thank you that it's true. Why is it not true for me? And you can take about any scripture and just start excavating. That's what it feels like to me. You're, you're going into layers of asking the Lord to meet you and speak truth about something. And then simply everything that he gives you, and he'll give it in lots of different ways, you're gonna ask him for the grace to keep it. Really just being with the Lord means to remain. And so I wanna encourage you today, if you get this much truth from him, this much revelation, when we start practicing with the Psalm, keep it and, and speak it to him. I want to keep this. Will you show me how to keep this? And lots of different ways and practice ways to do this. You'll see different words. I like this one. 
it's not my own, but I, I think it's good. And if you've been in a prayer time with me, one of the first things that I'll have you do with whatever truth you get, I'll say, what do you want to do? And most people go, well, I, I want to thank him. I was like, do it. Because I could look at Aaron and say, you know what, I'm really thankful that God did this in my life. But how many times do we actually stop and go, God, I am thankful for this. It's different. We, we tend as Christians to have no problem talking back and forth about God, but it gets a little scary when we try to talk to him. So you can't lose with thanksgiving. Agree with it and thank him, and then say, now I need to keep this. Show me anything that would keep me from keeping this. And so to build a little bit of faith, before we get started with Psalm 40, and I wrote it up there if some of you guys are note takers, we're gonna walk through it. And if you want to go back later today and keep walking through it, I would encourage you to do it. So I'm just gonna, you can write these down, you can take a picture, but these are faith building scriptures to me. All those who are sons of God are being led. That's active. So that little voice inside that says, God doesn't do this anymore, I can't hear him. I think you would have a hard time being led if someone wasn't close to you or at least handing you a map or showing you the steps. This is really specific wording. This does not mean he's leading me around in heaven. It's right now you are being led. This Psalm 37, 23, this is talking about the Lord establishing your steps. That's not random. It's not random at all. It's step by step being established. And this is my favorite. When you fall down, you don't get hurled headlong. The Lord holds your hand. I dare anybody to argue about that. What does that look like with the Lord holding your hand? He's got you right there. So even when you miss it, he has you and it's active and it's present. You guys know this one, Jeremiah 29, 12 through 13. When you call to him, he listens. When you seek him, you will find him when you search him. So it's this, if this, then this. This is who God is. Proverbs 16, 3, and it's probably 16, 2, and 3. He weighs your motives. So in our mind, our motives are always good. They're very clean is what that scripture says. If he's going to weigh your motives, I, I can't do that by myself. I can't figure out what my bad motives are. I've actually got to like go to the produce department in the grocery store before the Lord and go, here's my motive. What's true? What's false? This is a really active, present thing that the Lord does. And when he weighs them, he establishes your works. He establishes your steps. And then this one, probably my favorite of faith-building scriptures, you will hear the voice behind you. Your ears will hear a word behind you. And it's the Lord saying, this is the way, walk in it. That is active. That is present. That is communication. And the Lord just logically... In Genesis, when he was walking in the, the cool of the day with Adam and Eve, he was talking. He's communicating. Why would he send Jesus if he did not intend to restore that? I mean, it's logic to me. Why in the world would he send a son to take on the sins of mankind if he didn't want to restore relationship? And I, I just don't think you can have any type of relationship if you're not communicating on some level. And we see prayer a lot like this. And as a parent, I get a lot of this all day. Mom, mom, what are we doing? What do we need? I need this. Where are we going? And I can, I can do that. But man, it looks different when they go, Mom, what do you think about this? And they actually zip it long enough to hear a response. That's, that's a healthy relationship. 
that's what we're going for. And again, as me as a parent who is sinful and flawed, the Lord, his patience with us, but it's his glory for it to look like this. That's what we're going for. We're going to practice. Any questions before I move on? Just building a little faith, giving some practical tools for how to do this. Um, the idea that I want to take today, especially with the psalm, my prayer, and I was, I was here early and just asking the Lord that you get pieces that you need from this psalm, and I think it's a good one to start practicing within. My hope is also that it remains. So we come out of this room and you get in your car and you go to your Sunday, and it's like, okay, church is done. But what if it's supposed to be a little bit easier to hear God? And what if you remain with Him? And don't, don't come under condemnation when you don't. Like I, I can feel it in my house, my car, whatever we're doing when the Lord is kind of absent from me and I've, I've moved away. And it's not even from a big sinful place, it's really from a distracted place. And so you just very simply go, oh Lord, no, no, no. I want to be back to that place where you were speaking. In the middle of my car, at 7 a.m. with children who are acting like fools. I need to be near to you so I can demonstrate that nearness. And it's okay, like no shame, no condemnation. Take the things he gives you and remain. That's really what abiding is. You know, they're, they're here, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We're in their place, their holy hill. I love the way it's described in the Psalms. We, we get lifted up out of all this. Even church can be all this sometimes. It's, it's distracting, it's overwhelming. That's what we're going for, okay? I'm gonna read out loud, and you can turn if you want to, to Psalm 40, and I'm just gonna read pieces of it. And in a minute, when we practice hearing the Lord, you can do this however you want. I'm gonna give you prompts to ask Him. If you're a journaler or a writer, I'm gonna hopefully give you enough time to write down what you think the Lord is saying to you, what you think you're sensing or hearing. And I would say, write it all down, even if you're not sure. And we'll talk about how to discern what's what when we're done. Typically, the Lord's voice, just having watched a lot of people encounter Him, it's pretty, it's pretty fast. You don't have to work so hard to hear it. It's that thought that's better than your own. It's normally a quiet voice, but it, it lands deep. Sometimes it's a sense. Sometimes it's a picture. Sometimes you can hear it so many ways the Lord could speak. Sometimes the Lord shows you a picture that represents something. We're going to give him permission to do it all the ways, if that's okay. All right, so Psalm 40, and I'm going to read this to you, and you can read it too along with me if you want. If you would rather just let the words kind of wash over you, that's fine too, because this is the, the place that we're going to work from today, because Scripture's the best at getting us to the Lord. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see in fear and will trust in the Lord. How blessed is the man who has made the Lord his trust. He has not turned to the proud, nor to those who lapse into falsehood. Many, O oh Lord my God, are the wonders which you have done in your thoughts towards us. I'm going to skip down. Sacrifice a meal offering you have not desired. My ears you have opened. I delight to do your will, O oh God, your laws within my heart. Verse 11, you, O oh Lord, will not withhold your compassion from me. Your loving kindness and your truth will continually preserve me. 
Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. Make haste, O Lord, to help me. And down at the bottom, 17, since I am afflicted and needy, let the Lord be mindful of me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O my God. And so most Christian people, most church-going people can go about their lives kind of on autopilot if things are going okay, right? And we just kind of assume this nebulous out there God is with us. But when you get in the pit, that's when all of our fight or flight comes in. And you see people respond multiple ways. Even the most godly go to Sunday school every day since they were three years old. When you get in the pit, that fight or flight says, I have to, I have to get out. That's the, the fight. I have to take care of this. I've got I've to do it myself. Or there's this flight where you just kind of shut down. You remove yourself, either denial or just complete shutdown or numbing, and we cannot get to God. It's a struggle to get to God. So I want you to just think for a couple seconds of a pit, either one that you're in right now or one that you have been in before. And David's pit, translated here, theologians aren't totally sure what he's talking about, but he has enough of a history. It could be a combination. It could be a pit that he dug himself with sin. It could be some sort of trial or suffering. He's walking in illness. Um, it could be his heart, like he's, he's struggling with the Lord. It could be an actual battle where adversaries are coming against him. He's got enough to work with. We can lump it in. But the description of this pit is like a cistern or a well when you translate it stuck all the way down at the bottom, and it's miry, like quicksand. So you can't see, you can't breathe, and you are slowly sinking. Anybody ever been in a pit like that? Yeah. I mean, I think we're lying if it's just the, the age in here. If you have not had that yet, you probably have, even if you didn't know it. So for a moment, I'm just going to ask you, just so you're not distracted by me, to just close your eyes. And let the Lord help you identify the pit, either one you've had or one that you've been in before to work within and actually hear from him. And when you have the pit, if you'll just raise your hand so I know you've identified what you're going to work within, that'll help me. And you can keep your eyes closed. Thank you. Okay, I'm just going to invite the Lord, and then I'm going to ask him questions you can ask with me, and you can ask him in the middle of this pit, because the psalm sets it up for you. That's the grace and suffering. We tend to be desperate, and we tend to be able to hear because we know the, the boundaries that we're working in. So I'm going to pray for a minute. Father God, we invite you because we know when we're in the pit, we are desperate. And Lord, we're looking to be sons and daughters who are led by your Spirit, who are led step by step with you, who can get near to you, who can walk with you. And so we just say that we need you. For those who are in the pit right now, I ask that, that you be near. And Lord, I'm asking for wisdom and revelation for those who are identifying a past pit that they would encounter you anew and fresh today, even with something that's already happened. So we ask you to do what only you can do. 
We want church to be a place where we encounter you, where we hear from you, where we walk away changed and transformed. And the only way we can do that is by beholding you. And that is not absent. That is not vague. It is beholding you. And so we're starting in your word, Lord, I ask by your spirit that you, that you meet us there. And so for all of us in the room, in that place where you're in the pit, just ask the Lord. You can do it without speaking. You can just ask him from your heart. You can ask him out loud if you want to. Just ask him, show me God or tell me please any lies that I have believed about you, God, as I'm stuck in this pit. Would you show me any lies about who you are and how you respond to me when I'm stuck in this, this miry clay? What have I believed falsely about you, God? And don't be afraid to tell him where your heart's a little split. I know Mike was talking about the heart last week. Just tell him, I know what's true about you, but when I'm in this pit, or when I was in this pit, it didn't feel true anymore. And just tell him, what, what are you believing? It's okay to tell him. He knows anyway. Show me, God, what I was believing that wasn't true about you as I was down in this pit. And if you want to write it or make yourself a note so you remember, that's fine. And ask him, God, do, did I believe lies about how you would respond to me? Did I have a false picture of who you are? And I'll just remind you as you ask him this next question, this is much more than just a thoughtful Bible study exercise. We have been made to encounter the living God. And I just believe the more questions we ask, the more we'll encounter him. So if you don't get a clear answer, that's okay. I have enough questions that I'm confident you'll get something. So don't, don't worry and don't, don't run away. Don't do the flight response when it comes to meeting God. And you all are sons and daughters who are being led by his spirit. So just ask him, God, in this pit, were there any lies, any ungodly beliefs I believed about myself? Did I take on an identity that was false? Did I believe things that weren't true about myself as I'm stuck in this pit or I was stuck there?
And I'll encourage you, if you're distracted, that's okay. You can acknowledge the distraction and you can set it aside. That's not a, a precursor to getting to the Lord. Everyone gets distracted, so you can move it to the side. If you feel tired or kind of numb, you can also set that aside. Your, your soul calling is communion with God. And I can promise you that the enemy does everything he can to distract that process. So don't come under condemnation. Just say, God, I'm setting it aside. I can't deal with it anyway in the pit. It's, it just makes it impossible. Just move it to the side. And you can ask the Lord this, God, would you show me or tell me, please, what is this pit called and how did I get here? Sometimes we're stuck and we don't even know what we're stuck in. What is this pit called? And how did I end up here? You're asking a good God for wisdom and revelation. And with the Lord, the how did I get here question, you can ask him to break it down a little bit. Lord, am I responsible for getting myself in this pit? Was it sin or ignorance? Or Lord, did someone else kick me into it? Would you show me your truth? Because I know I'm in it. For many of you, you guys could describe the pit, exactly how it feels, how tall it is, and the rate at which you are sinking. So as specific as that is, as specific as how the Lord wants to, to deal with it, to speak to you about it. And just using the truth of the scripture, you can tell him, Lord, I have waited patiently, or the better translation is I have waited intently, earnestly. If you have been in that place, you can tell him that you're tired or that you're, you're getting weary. For some of you, it's just a place of repentance of, I haven't waited patiently. I, I asked you and then moved on because I worried you wouldn't answer. So you can repent. It's a gift to be able to repent and just say, I have not waited intently for you here because I've believed things that weren't true. And you're having a conversation so you can, you can speak it out from your heart. And the truth about the Father in this picture, the truth about the Lord, is that He responds to a cry. And so it's okay to tell Him, for so many reasons, God, I have not even allowed myself to cry out. And have Him show you why, because I feared that you didn't hear me, or I feared that it looked weak to really cry out from the pain of the pit. And you can just tell Him, I have not done that, or I have done that, but feared you couldn't hear. 
some of you probably need to ask him, is it okay for me to really cry from the place of grief in this? If you've stuffed it way down, is it okay to cry out? just using the scripture, God, will you show me if in the middle, down deep in this pit, if there are places where I've been proud or places where I've looked to false ways to get me out. Pride in a pit is going to look like trying to get out yourself. I can do this. I don't need you, God. False ways out are looking for people or things or mechanisms to get out that are not the Lord. So just tell him, show me where I was proud, show me where I've looked for false ways to get out. And here's where you get the good stuff. God, will you show me or tell me, please, what does it look like and feel like and sound like when you do what only you can do and bring me out of the pit. Because if you're in quicksand in a chasm, you cannot get out even though you think you can. What does it look like when the Lord brings you out? God, will you show me? I want to know what that looks like. You can be earnest. You can be desperate. You can be intentional about letting him be God. Show me what it looks like. What does it feel like when you set my feet? And you can bug him and you can remind him that he can only do this. But this is the truth about what he does. So you can acknowledge it in your head and tell him, I need this truth burned in my heart. What does it look like so I know? and look to him and listen for him. Ask him if he'll give you a sense of his countenance towards you as he lifts you out. God, what is true about your heart towards me as you do what only you can do from this pit? How are you doing that, God, and how do you feel about me as you do it? And that's a scary question for some of you, but you have to be known to be led by the Spirit of God. And we flee because we're worried that it doesn't apply to us. I'm telling you today that it does. It is scripturally true. God, how do you feel about me as you pull me out of the pit?
and you can take a glance at your feet if he's showing you what's true. It could be literal feet. It's probably more spiritual feet. What do my feet look like when they're not sinking, when they're not sticky from a, a miry clay that threatens to overtake them? What do my feet look like on this, this rock? What does that mean, God? When my feet are firm, what does that mean practically in my day? And this question might be a little scary, but just in the same place that we've been made to commune with him, we've been made to worship. That is, those are the two things he's interested in. Everything else is just gravy, it's bonus. We've been made to commune, we've been made to worship. Ask him, Lord, will you put in my heart, will you reveal the place where it's been covered up, a new song? You don't have to sing it in here, but in the places where you've just watched him or heard him or even seen glimpses of the way he wants to respond to you, what's the new song? And if that feels a little scary, tell him, God, I repent that I am so far from a worshiper. Will you draw me back into what I was created to do? You don't have to be musical. You don't have to even be able to sing. It can be just words to him. What's the new song? And with every doubt that comes in, just pitch it back to him. God, I don't even begin to know how to praise you. Tell him, I need your grace to show me how to do this. And just keep pressing in for a new song. See what you get. And then in the place in that psalm where it says, my ears you have opened, the translation really means to dig out your ears. Give him permission to dig out your ears. Look to him and say, my ears have been dull. They've been blocked. I want to hear from you. You can dig them out so I can hear you. If you've had little glimpses where he's already been doing that, tell him thank you. Just keep posturing your heart expectantly. Thank him for digging them out. If you've seen things you haven't seen before about this pit, even small ones, let him know. I give you permission to dig out my ears so I can hear you. And the truth about God, he will not withhold compassion and his loving kindness will preserve you you can tell him, I know that in your scripture. I have not known that in my heart. You can repent, just means turning away from not believing that. And you can tell him, God, I need to know what it looks like when you don't withhold compassion. For so many reasons, I have believed that you, you keep that from me. But I want to step into what's true. What does it look like or feel like or sound like when your loving kindness preserves me? Ask him to show you in a way you can receive it. 
God, what does it look like when your loving kindness preserves me? What does it sound like? What's true? And when you're ready, I'm just going to have you open your eyes, but you can take your time. So in a second, I want to hear from some of you guys just to see what that looked like or felt like and what was easy, what was revealing, what was hard. I would say that hearing God, especially when you're learning how to do it, in my mind, it kind of looks like this. It is a constant moving sort of wheel of this is true, but I'm not there. Show me why. This is true, and I have believed this falsely. I repent, and I repent right up next to the throne. We have this weird view of repentance like it's out in a field. It is right up next to the Lord because of what Jesus has done. Repentance looks close to the Father to me. It really does, based on the truth of the gospel. So you're constantly going, I'm distracted. I set it aside. I am intentional. I am earnest about waiting for you. I'm humble, but I'm, I'm intentional is what that psalm says. I'm not going to let you go. Here's this. What do you say? Here's this. What's true? So how did, how did that look for you guys? And I know for you, some of you, your pits are pretty specific, and you don't have to share them if you don't want to, but did anything new come to mind? Did you hear something new, see something new? Was something easier? What was hard? It's a free pass in the remaining moments. Yes. Something that just struck me doing it is when the enemy attacks, it, you said this, but when the enemy attacks, it feels like my voice saying it. Right. And I mean, similarly, when God is speaking, it, it feels kind of like it's the same kind of thought in my head, but I mean, it's, it's obviously, it's the way the scripture is true and it's real, but it doesn't feel like, I mean, it just, that just seems important to say that. Yeah. I think that's very important to say because we, we all, just like Jesus, we can hear three different ways. You can hear the Lord, you can hear the enemy because he did, and you can hear just desires of your flesh or your own, your own thoughts. You really, what you're saying is true, want to get to a place where your thoughts line up with the Lord's thoughts and they seem to go more like this. Most people, even most church people, if they're honest, it looks more over here. My thoughts and the enemy's thoughts seem really close today. Even if it's just a self-believing um, lies that are about yourself that feel like your voice. And so the way that Jesus fought when he heard the enemy, it was scripture. And so if I start hearing something that I know doesn't line up with truth, even if it feels like it's my truth, but it lines up biblically, I'm going to go, well, no, the Lord said this. And then in that place of submitting and resisting, it, the thoughts start to feel more like, okay, that's true, but it's imprinting on my heart a little different than it did before. And often those thoughts that feel like your thoughts, but they're better, 
I, it's a hard thing to explain, but you have a thought about something, you're like, I've, I've sat with that for 10 years and I've never had that. And there is a truth about taking the scripture repetitively where that will start to birth. I mean, I've read Psalm 40 hundreds of times and each time the Lord impresses upon my heart something new that's designed for me and it's glory to him that it works that way. That's helpful. So what you showed me, I thought he didn't care to help me. I thought it was me that was like this. Mm-hmm. And when we asked um, what the question was, I just saw, you know, I imagined myself in the pit and just saw almost like a cartoon, huge arm reaching all the way down and pulling me out and, and yeah. put me on a, like an Olympic pedestal. It was stone and put me on that pedestal. And yeah. I was, I was completely like glowing almost. Yeah. And see that, that's true based on the psalm, but your picture of what the Lord did is going to be really different from what everybody else did. The global lie about this psalm, just from where I've seen it play out for people and in my own life too, is the Lord's absent from the pit, like he's busy, he's doing something else, or he's standing there kind of enjoying that I'm in the pit, or he's pick yourself up by the bootstraps and get your own self out. And those are all lies, but what's great about what you just described, the Lord, because he knows you personally, said, Franklin, this is how I'm going to pull you out. It looks like this with me and you. I, I, was, uh, I did this with a group one time, and the woman's picture of the Lord with her in the pit was that he got down like on his stomach and was like right there, but like working gently to pull her out. So like a big arm versus for her, the Lord was like just in, immersed in the clay with her to get her out. And I'm sure all of you, if you, if the Lord met you in that, you have different renderings of how it spoke really personally to your heart. It's good. What else? I want to try to get as many people talking before we go. Good, good things, new revelation, things you hadn't heard before, places where it was hard and it stretched you. That's okay too. Yeah, yeah, long Yeah, the promise is always, I will be with you and I will not forsake you. Like you're going to have pits. The biggest lie from the enemy, I think, in any pit is the Lord is absent. I know for a pit for me, the hardest one in my life, what I heard almost like right here for seven years was, where is your God now, you who have served him so faithfully? It was constant, constant. And so to be able to be in the pit and go, yeah, he is right here. And that's what I need. Yeah. There's power in that. What else? Tell me something hard. Tell me something that was difficult. I like all the good. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, and that is hard to hear, but man, when the Lord tells his own, hey, you got some of this, because it's in the scripture right there, the place where I'm proud, the place where I had the, the false way to get out, that it goes, oh, when you hear it, but then you throw yourself right back at the Father and go, this means that I belong to you. That's really what it means. Like, that he disciplines his sons and daughters. He disciplines the, one he, the ones he loves. And so when I hear something like that in the prayer time and I go, oh, I don't want that. I just go right to him. I don't want that. And thank you that you would let me hear it 
so that false way, that pride could be removed. And it's scary sometimes to go before God because we tend to think, if I hear that, I'm booted out. Like I'm on the B team. I, I can't teach or lead. No, that's like evidence of he's got you. You're his. If you hear stuff like that, I think it's good. Let me ask this. Did you hear it from a you're out place or what, what was his, could you discern his countenance? condemning yourself. You know, the thing that I have said and I tell people in prayer times, it makes a mockery of the cross for me to continue to condemn myself because he's paid it. Exactly. And that's, that's a real, like, that'll level you fast. And it's true. Like, if Jesus is not doing that consistently over and over again for something I did, then who am I to keep doing it to? Yeah. Other thoughts? That's good. One more. I, it's time to go, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, mine was anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and the anxiety goes back to um, I don't feel like I can sit still mm-hmm. I have a hard time even when I know I need to rest thinking that I've got, I need to be doing something or if I've got some responsibilities why haven't I done that mm-hmm. and, um, and it uh, well, well I think um, the, the the lie is that I grew up where we were expected to do the right thing, but to always do the right thing, therefore not fail. Right. And uh, and so, am I doing it right? Am I working hard enough? Am I measuring up? And um, and I know. But the truth is, I haven't gotten to freedom yet. Yeah. But I, I have hope, but I don't have the freedom, and so I'm having to let the Spirit work in me to bring about that change. Yeah. No, that's really good because I, I think one of the lies that can come with that, especially that I can't fail and the anxiety that it produces, is that somehow you have to fix it and then you're pleasing to God, but that you could have the conversation in the pit. Like I know, I'm thinking about with someone I walked with who had just intense anxiety for a season, it was, it was crippling. And so the, the, the mindset was, I need to fix this because I shouldn't be having to deal with this because I'm a Christian for a long time, power of the Holy Spirit. And so we just really sat in the place of, no, let's like get in the pit and find the Lord and do the next thing as he, as he raises you out. Cause, and then I find myself praying a lot, Lord, you do not work that way, even though I believe that you have. You are altogether different than my mindset of how I believe you're supposed to do it, based on even this psalm, not including lots of other scripture too. Well, and the thing that I've been struggling with over the last few months is lack of motivation and weariness. Mm-hmm. And what happens is when you live in that, for a long period of time, it saps you of life. Yeah. So 
you know, it just helped me to, rec to see that the reason I'm that part of that struggle was is because I was still trying to make it happen. Clamoring. Myself. I was yeah. still swimming and I'm just tired. Yeah. And I think it's fair to be in the pit and say, because if you were really in quicksand like that, at the bottom of a well that you can't see out of, you'd be exhausted. And that's, that's the translation. So to get in the pit with the Lord and say, my circumstances aren't really changing, but biblically, my spirit should not be in the pit. Like I may have to navigate, like my longest pit was a, a health thing, I had to navigate for seven years, but it did not have rights to my spirit. So when the Lord sets your feet and puts you on the rock, technically, biblically, we should be able to get there even though we're still navigating some things in the pit. And that's what really all we did in that prayer time that you actually just prayed for, I don't know, 40 minutes. So you can check that off your list today. Like that was, that's, that's, what, that's what it can look like. It felt much faster. You're just, you're just breaking apart the scripture and agreeing and thanking, even if it starts up here, and asking for revelation. Take it apart line by line. Don't cognitively go, what would be the right answer? But really, just like Mike did, go, you know what, I'm really tired, and I'm in this pit. Or Catherine, I'm not out yet, but he's getting near. It's a process. We let him do the timing of it, but the enemy, the lies, whatever you're dealing with, does not have right to your heart, to your spirit in the middle of it. I wish we had another hour. Thank you. Thanks, guys.